Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast with Borg, Betts, and a baller. Welcome into the party. It's the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. It's Wednesday, May 10th, also known as the day after Trey Lance's birthday. And I'm joined by a couple of Trey Lance truthers, Mike Wright and Matthew Betts. I thought we weren't talking about that anymore. I, th- I feel like we've had to, we've had to go underground. <laughs> what if I say it's time for an uprising? What if? Hey, I would be 100 percent here for it. I just I feel like there <laughs> our numbers are our numbers are, are are winding down. We are slimming and. It looks worse and worse by the day. Yeah. Hey, you, you know what, boys? Now's what? the time. No. I mean, buy low in Dynasty, am I right? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's time to zag. It's funny because we're talking to Dynasty degenerate people. And so whether you've said, no, 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 I was never in on Trey Lance, there was a player that you were totally in on at one point and you bought in and then you just kept buying those shares mm-hmm. and you're still waiting them to turn. Now, we're entering year three with Trey Lance. It's not looking good. Brock Purdy, but at this point, you just gotta hold and wait, right? If he's on your team, yeah. What else? What else can we possibly lose at this point? Because <laughs> our draft Nothing. capital is gone, our money, our buy-ins for the dynasty leagues that that money is gone, our dignity is gone. I mean, what like what else? There's nothing else that we can that they can take from us for Trey Lance. It's at the point where. If he gets traded to Minnesota, though, oh, we let's go. We will be back. Betts, you brought it up the other day that you're still curious if the 49ers or we have lost more on Trey Lance. Yeah, it hasn't been great. <laughs> it really has not been great. <laughs> Kyle and I have been talking a lot about best ball on the DFS and betting show for the last couple of seasons, and we bought in. We literally bought in, <laughs> and it didn't work out with our entry fees. Um, but if he goes to Minnesota, maybe we start drafting a little uncorrelated, you know, Trey Lance, Justin Jefferson stacks, and now we're printing money, boys. <laughs> this is this we is just, a, we just call our shop before it happens. <laughs> this is where you have to go just to soothe yourself in May. But on this show, we're going to be talking about dynasty rankings, and one of the things that I feel like people don't realize is that there are so many factors when you rank players over a longer time frame. Like when we talk about redraft, we're saying. How good is this player going to be in 2023? Mike, you're in the middle of statting out every single relevant fantasy player right now. It is true. And you have the end in mind, right? Okay, like I I know where this player is going to go, but for Dynasty, we're thinking about the team situation. We're seeing how long this player is under contract. 
the you know the competition for targets, the status of the position, like the running back position right now, it drops off a cliff once you get to you know the sixth or seventh guy. So all of those factors are in. So we're going to be talking about those. We're going to talk about our rankings that you can find in the Ultimate Draft Kit Plus. We just had our post-draft update, including our startup rankings, which we'll talk about those on this show. Like There are some players that I'm just going to say it. I didn't love that you guys had to even rank them because I don't know what to tell people. Like I don't <laughs> even know what to tell people when they look at linear rankings and just say, I need to rank this player. Like, Are there some guys, when you look at the Mike in the Ultimate Draft Kit Plus, where it's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, there's, there's those players are always there, man. Like, I I can try and pull up my rankings and I can tell you something. Let's see here. It's like, so okay, here we go. Like Javante Williams, um, Javante Williams. What I, he is, I still believe he is the talent that we thought he was. But that was before he his knee went explosive. And uh, Mr. We we have the fantasy PT here, like Matthew Betts. How should I be feeling about Javante Williams right now? Yeah, in May, we're going to talk about that situation later on the show today. But oh snap! Just a little, a little there spoiler. We, go. Um, we need to downgrade expectations for this year. <laughs> now, if you're a contender and you're relying on Javante, like if you haven't already started making plans to bolster your roster, that factor in that he's probably not going to be the dude that you draft him to be or that you have him to be now's the time to start planning for that i think if you're in a rebuild it's interesting to make the gamble of saying i think he could come back you know a lot of the historical data off acl injuries it's these guys that are young so javante checks the box they're athletic and explosive he checks the box and it's guys that have high draft capital and certainly he checks the box there so i think he's still a decent bet for like a 2024 and beyond sort of guy, but if you're a contender and you're planning to have Javante as an RB1, RB2, like I'd be very, very, very worried about that. There are teams that, you know, took Javante after Najee Harris in the rookie drafts, and then after the first year were thinking, I have one of the top dynasty assets yes. possible. And then they've had to wait another year. So think about those teams that were rebuilding that traded for Javante and just said, okay, this is my cornerstone, this is my franchise piece. And now he's been docked down where like, if you wanted to take him outside of the top 15 running backs in Dynasty, like, let's say he drops that far. Like, would you rather have, you're a win-now team, would you rather have Javante Williams or Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders? I, the, have, I have Javante outside gross. of my top 15. I have Miles at 15, JK at 16, and that was uh, that was not me saying, just kidding, I have him at 16. That was me saying I have <laughs> JK Dobbins at 16. <laughs> But it, that's that's a was that gross to say like in a dynasty format yes. because of the youth? But Miles Sanders is in a good situation. Like those are the type of decisions when you put down your rankings and you actually look at players and situations. Like you can have all the youth in the world for Javante, and you're still trying to figure it out in Denver. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Is like how do you sort out those players? What is the process? And realize that over the years we're going to get things wrong. People are going to overvalue youth. And so just to illustrate that point, I want to play a game. I want to play a game. So one that drop is awesome. It's it's one of my favorites. It's maybe Betts' least favorite because I only spring it on him on our <laughs> DFS betting show when he, he has no idea. So he always gets super stressed. Yeah, at least for this show, I could plan ahead. I saw the doc. I said, okay, Kyle's going to put a game in here. 
get ready for the drop. But oftentimes, we'll just be talking like mid-sentence on the DFS embedding show, and Kyle will just hit the drop. I'm like, what? what is happening right now? Like, there's yeah. no prep. And then, of course, inevitably, I look like a complete idiot because there's no prep for it. I don't know what's happening. So it just makes me feel uneasy. And I'm kind of excited about that today, actually. I, I get that. Because when, when, when we spring it on people, it is, it's not a game. It's a trap. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, we're not playing a very fair game right now. We're playing a game where I am highlighting a point in my favor. That is. That's the goal: <laughs> is to find as much propaganda as possible. Yep, exactly. And I, I, that's one of my favorite parts of our show. So, let's play a little game. You, the listener, can play along. I looked all the way back to 2016. That was that you know famous draft uh, draft class a long time ago, and you got to kind of see the progression of a lot of these players. I looked up who was the number one at each position according to Dynasty ADP at each position. So, for instance, in 2016, Odell Beckham was the 101 in drafts. Like, that's what okay. he's thought of. And it made sense, right? Young wide receiver was producing. Cam Newton was the quarterback one. He'd just come off an MVP season. The question I have for you guys, who was the RB1 in 2016 in Dynasty ADP? Now, is I this... This is not rookie drafts, obviously. Right? No, this is just overall just in startup. startups. We're we're talking startup okay. rankings. So, my 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 recollection of exactly where things were in 2016 is not in focus at the moment. <laughs> uh, but like that was around. That was David Johnson time. Clo he was close. He was the RB two then. Okay, so it was the two names that came to the top of my head were it, that was David Johnson time and that was Le'Veon Bell time. Uh, so I, th to those would be the two guys I would guess. I mean, you said it's not David Johnson, but but Betts, do you have any other guesses before it's revealed? Yeah, exactly. The name that you just threw out there, Le'Veon Bell, is the first name that came to mind for me. Okay, so I, it's a trick question because there's two players tied. It was Le'Veon Bell. Okay, that's correct. All right, and Ooh, then Todd goes. Todd Gurley. Okay. What's interesting about Todd Gurley? It's another case study here where he was a rookie coming in, taken in the top ten, and was immediately vaulted to being the one oh you know, being the top running back, and we have the same situation for Bijan right now. So I thought it was interesting. We've seen this before. And would you say Todd Gurley kind of held value for at least two to three years? Mm, I I don't think so. I would guess that was 2016 his rookie year, or was that 2015? 2016 was his rookie year. 2017 was his down year. Okay, so the, his value had to have plummeted after that 2017 because it seemed like it seemed like they bought a box of rocks. <laughs> and so and then he had two monster seasons yes. in there. But I think if you had Todd Gurley for over that five-year span... You were happy. You were yeah. happy. You just wanted to get out. The next year, okay? Odo Beckham was still the 101. Aaron Rodgers was the QB1. Zeke was the RB1, which made a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, makes sense. Odo Beckham was the wide receiver one. Who was the tight end one in Dynasty ADP in 2017? I mean, it still had to be Gronk, right? I was going to say there's there's no one else that I can even think of that would have been in contention. So I'm going to go with Gronk as well. I don't think Travis Kelsey had had uh, ascended, or should I say, descended from Mount Olympus yet <laughs> to Ooh. to fully be Zeus. I yeah, I'm going with Gronk. Yep, yeah, that's correct. Okay, Gronk. It was his last year as the the tight end one, and seen as that. And then since then, we've had a reign of Kelsey for a while. But I just wanted to point that out that there was a point. Where with Gronk, you could have held on and you could have held on for another four or five years. But there's also a point where he was seen as that and you could kind of trade yeah, for Kelsey. Cash in. Yeah. All right. Next year, 2018, Aaron Rodgers held, held firm. Todd Gurley 
was the RB1 after some monster season, DeAndre Hopkins, and Travis Kelsey was the tight end one. My question was, who is the 101 in dynasty startups then? So I showed you the four players. One of those four players was the 101 in 2018. I would say Todd Gurley. That is correct. Todd Gurley had a monster wow. season, and people yeah. were taking him as the 101. Now, looking back at that data, was that a little too quick to the draw of saying, hey, this guy put up the RB1 season, and then he was just vaulted to the very top of Dynasty Startups? Uh, at, the, at the time, because you got to try and go back right, to right, 2018, right. Uh, at the time, no, because it seemed like this was going to go on forever with, with the new McVay offense and Todd Gurley being everything, we all knew that the knee was a ticking time bomb, but you kind of push that out of the out of your your brain when you see how good he's playing. So it at the time it made sense. Just unfortunately with with his arthritic knee, it, things came to a screeching halt very quick. Yeah, I, I, I will also I, add real quick too, Kyle, on that same thing. Like just. Think about dynasty players in the last two to three years. I feel like people are starting to become a lot smarter and not just react to what just happened the year before. Obviously, it's a huge factor, but we've seen, a, especially in the last couple of years, a huge trend towards these elite wide receivers are gold in fantasy, right? Like, you know, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lambs of the world, like those guys are coveted. And now you're stuck with like these running backs that you're like, eh. Yeah. I don't know what to do with this guy, right? So the landscape has changed completely. But back then, I mean, dude, if you went a high T start in Dynasty, you went RBRB. <laughs> That's right. I had a team that Todd Gurley just dragged, dragged all the way to the championship. Just, I got on his back. The rest of my team was trash, but I think I put up like 40 and 43, like in the semis and, and the finals. And that's that's kind of like you remember those things and those change of Dynasty teams. Okay, here's a fun one. In 2019, Okay, Aaron Rodgers was no longer the quarterback one in dynasty formats. There was a new hotness in town. Oh my gosh. Who was the quarterback one in 2019? Betts, do you have any any guesses? I mean, my first inclination was going to say uh, Lamar Jackson, but if I recall correctly, I want to say 2018 was the year that he was behind Joe Flacco and then kind of emerged at Correct. the end. That could Correct. be wrong. So I don't know if dynasty managers were we're on that yet, but I feel like he'd be on the rise. I, I feel like that answer is wrong, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. I'll give you a little hint. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did he, was he only there for a year? Uh, he, he came back to being the one. This is the right call at the time. It just the year before. I don't think anyone saw this quarterback vaulting from having one start as a rookie to Case. the next year. Okay. Is Patrick Mahomes? Oh, yeah. That yep. makes sense. It's it's just a crazy <laughs> ascent. When I when I was looking back at Dynasty ADP, you know, you could have had the the, the rosiest picture for Mahomes, but to say he was going to vault all the way to being quarterback one, that's got to be one of the best Dynasty picks of all time. That first year with Mahomes, when it it happened week one, and it was oh man, what a what a fun <laughs> little story here. This this guy, what Pat Mahomes, Pat. Patrick, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, whatever his name is, what what an incredible week one. Let's let's see what he can do in week two. And you're like, well, he did it again. There's no way I'm, I will triple down. There's no way that he. Well, he did it again. 
<laughs> it was that was such a funny and season. We're still saying that, Mike. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know he's throwing the guys like Sky Moore and but the, MVS. He's the, still doing it. The 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 sophomore year for Mahomes was so ridiculous. Of it was, it was every week was. I'm I'm not going to bet on this to happen. I'm going to bet against Patrick Mahomes, and that's how you lose money. The next year, Lamar Jackson actually replaced him as the QB one yeah, because he had his bonkers season. Yep. And then Mahomes went back the year after. So you can kind of see those. Christian McCaffrey had a two-year run where he was the RB1 in Dynasty, which makes a lot of sense, and the 101. My question for you is there is a little blip here where there is a certain player who rivaled McCaffrey as the 101 in startups, and he was the wide receiver one in Dynasty, unquestioned. Oh. Who was that player in 2020? Oh, I think I, I think I know who it might be. Go for it. Okay, because it was Hopkins for two years in eighteen and nineteen, and then and then Hopkins got unseated, is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. All right, Bats, what do you I got? I think this was I think this is was the Michael Thomas year. That's exactly oh, of what, course. That's exactly what it was. I was looking before it all fell apart. Yeah, Michael Thomas at the time was twenty five, turned twenty six that year, and is seen as okay, you are getting a wide receiver for the next five to seven years that's just going to be dominant and we are having a very different conversation about him right now we would have except his body fell apart his his body betrayed him yes it did all right a couple more here just for just for fun um so travis kelsey unseated gronk as the tight end one then we had a year where george kittle went bananas What? (laughs) why Dynasty community, why would we turn our back on Travis Kelsey so quick? And Dra- Travis Kelsey eventually, be- this is the answer to the question. Yeah, he- 21, he had to be back to the number one He was one back to end. the number one. Yeah. Okay. What's interesting is, do you know who the tight end one right now is in Dynasty? This will be the Mark Andrews, I would guess. I was going to say Mark Andrews as well. You're going you're gonna to find split. So I, I had to go to a couple different sources here. Half of them have Mark Andrews. Half of them still have Kyle Pitts. Yeah. So... I want to end that conversation with Kyle Pitts a year from now. This is just bold takes. You can say whatever you want. A year from now, is Kyle Pitts still the tight end one in Dynasty ADP? Yeah. I have a take on this. I <laughs> A year from now, yes, he will be. All right, Betts, what's your take? See, and this could sound so silly in a year, but I think – if we are concerned about the Falcons passing offense, like if managers see like Kyle Pitts could be this just absolute game breaker and they just don't use him that way. I'm not saying this is how it's going to go. I'm just saying if that is the case, Mark Andrews will probably be tight end one because I feel like in general, a lot of us are pretty confident in that offense being more pass heavy this year than in previous seasons. You know, Lamar just signed that contract. So he's got the quarterback locked down. I'm going to, I'm going to call it's going to be Mark Andrews next year. Yeah, I think we're all pretty bullish on the Ravens for this year with Lamar signing the extension. Uh, the only question is the target competition there, but I still think we would say their wide receiver one is Mark Andrews. Would we Would we agree with that? Yes. I would as of now. Yes. Yeah. So I think you you have to think about Mark Andrews beyond just being the tight end one, but like as a receiver, you could count on Mark Andrews for at least, I would say the next two to three years, potentially being a top 10 receiving option. Like just you know, putting wide receiver and tight end together. So it's just interesting to me. I like looking back, not to point fingers, because I've obviously made a lot of mistakes, but more to give people context that whatever the ADP is right now, it will not be exactly that next year. And you have to kind of trade, you know, for or against based on what you think the market's going to do. This is an ongoing market. So, And I, I think just the the fact that the the game format is called Dynasty, 
puts such a for for new players puts such a pressure on you of when you're in your startup draft you're like okay it's a dynasty I'm I am building my forever team the only way that I can add players is through the rookie draft or through trades and then maybe a waiver wire guy here or there but like this is it and it's they're not on your team forever they're 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 on your team for a much shorter amount of time than you really realize like it's you'll you'll be turning over your roster a ton so don't get so like do not let the weight of this is my forever player don't let that don't let that in, impact your decisions all right let's get in these what's the difference between me and you I want to talk about some of our differences, not really between each other's, but in how players evaluate different positions in Dynasty and what are the factors. You know, in redraft, I mentioned this earlier, we look at points scored over the next calendar year. And it's pretty easy. Like, it's pretty easy to be able to say, you know, here's this gap. Here's what I think this team is. Here's a situation. And we're still going to get a ton wrong. Now, in Dynasty, we're going to push this out over a couple years. And I asked this question recently on Twitter because I was curious. In Dynasty, how do you rank or project a player and how many years do you have in mind? And the results were pretty much three to four years, which is I think is fine. But there are certain players that I'm only looking at over the span of the next two years. That's how I'm evaluating for my team, their situation, their contract. So it's not as simple. Like putting together Dynasty rankings I always try to caution people. It's like, it's not just linear where you just look at a list and say, well, clearly this player is ranked above the other and therefore he is better. No, there's there's a wide spectrum. So I want to talk about some of these factors before we list a couple of players here. And I don't know, how how do you guys weigh your evaluation of a player, the NFL's evaluation of a player, and then what is the consensus out there, the ADP? Like, how do you guys weigh all three of those factors together just on talent alone? Go ahead, Betts. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination. And, and for me, it really does depend on the position that we're talking about. Um, you know, wide receivers, I'm very likely to stick to a combination of, you know, pre-draft and NFL draft evaluation of a player, meaning if this guy's got the production, he goes in first round, and it doesn't work out, you know, exceptionally for that player in year one. Kind of ask yourself, like, what went wrong or why could it have gone wrong? And I'm more likely to stick with that player for a year or two. But these guys that go in round two, round three, round four of the NFL draft as rookies, especially wide receivers, and they're just not as talented, if it doesn't work out in year one, I feel like one weakness of a lot of dynasty players is that they kind of stick with them and they're like, well, let's see, like this could be a sneaky year two breakout. The name that comes to mind for me is Sky Moore. Like I- I'm nervous about Sky Moore. Maybe he's just not as good as we all thought you he was. should be. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm terrified, Mike, <laughs> of what he was when he came out as a rookie. So I think for me with wide receivers, I'm looking for year one production and-, and their talent profile coming out to understand, you know, is it time to just move on before it's too late? Or, you know, are these guys truly going to be the ones that stick around for a couple of years? The guys that hit right away, you know, the Chris Olaves, the Drake Londons, you know, those types of guys. You're locked in for a couple of years. So I think for me with, with wide receivers, I'm willing to look long-term, but also understand like if it doesn't happen soon, it, it might not ever happen. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just a piggyback, like a, a, a tip for dynasty players out there. So guys like Sky Moore, you know, first, second round wide receivers, more often than not, no matter what happens, 
of how bad a season once was, they hold their market value in like startup ADPs, whatever they were last year. They can certainly go up. They can they can rise, but even when when guys like Sky Moore have a bad year, they tend to hold value because we're because the players that drafted them also are like well, like Betts is saying, I, I think it could turn around. Other people think that too. So when that's kind of an opportunity for for you to understand how the market works for 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 these players holding their value in, in a dynasty league because if these wide receivers are holding their value meanwhile you know that now the the historical hit rate on this player has plummeted that you may want to take advantage of that situation and go out there before your rookie draft start and say hey I've you know I've sky more uh go trade him away for essentially what you drafted him for. If you drafted Sky Moore with a high second-round pick, try and go recoup that because you probably will be able to do that. I, I was looking at Sky Moore because initially my takes were, okay, he was just terrible this year. I didn't get like any high-end productions, no spike games. I don't remember anything except for in the playoffs where you know he did some good things on special teams. But like going back through on a per-route basis – he was okay as a rookie. Like, it wasn't a death sentence where, you know, we'll talk about it later. It's not Terrace Marshall. It's not like <laughs> there was nothing there. You know, he actually was targeted on 19% of his routes. That's fine for a rookie. It's actually right there with Devonta Smith as a rookie, DJ Moore as a rookie, Juju, DK Metcalf. Like, he's in that, he was in that group just based on that metric alone. So I'm not ready just to say Sky Moore is nothing, but it is scary when you get a year in when people are taking him at the 1 0. Right, eight, whatever it was, and you're not seeing that type of production. So you're mixing all of those things together on just a talent evaluation, but then you factor in the team. Let's keep going with Sky Moore. It's like, I look at him and I go, well, I love this offense, so he could break out, but then I look at what they brought in with Rasheed Rice and you know Kadarius Toney's getting some talk right now, and you look at the target competition with Travis Kelsey, that's what you factor in. How dare you not even mention my boy, Valdez, Justin Watson. Valdez Scantling. He's still there. Ooh. He's still there on his first, high his high price contract. First team all cardio, Mike. First team all cardio. That guy is out there just running those routes. Yeah. <laughs> in a routes league. That's it. <laughs> he's killing. In a routes only. Oh man. But so beyond just the Chiefs, you look at positional situation and you go, League wide, can I find other players or are there other players in the Sky Moore tier of I don't know what he is. He had the draft capital, that's fine, but I don't know, three or four years from now, will you say that Sky Moore is like a really valuable piece of your team, Bets? No. I mean, based off the historical data of hit rate of these guys that don't do much in year one, it does not look great. And it doesn't mean you abandon ship. Like, you're probably not going to get enough in return right now. Maybe. I, I think you could still get a... Uh, I think There's you some could still, out there. Like a late, a late first, high second round pick for him. Maybe This might not be the year to, to cash in on that strategy because... High high seconds are not – these aren't like locked in. You feel right. really confident about this draft class. But normal draft years, like it's like the 2024 year, if someone doesn't hold – or if someone doesn't come through this year, like if we're – I'm very hopeful for Zay Flowers. I have him everywhere in Dynasty. Like very, very hopeful. But if he comes out and he stinks and – I know it. I see it. Next year, with a good 2024 
draft class, I might be trying to be like, well, I I took Zay Flowers for a 107. If I can get a 108 or 109, maybe maybe I need to look to cash out. How do you guys compare players, so Skymore entering year two, to other players that are further along, but they're more established veterans, but at least they're at a point in their career where it's like, okay, I haven't seen like a massive, massive breakout yet. Like, um, you know, Hollywood's been really good, and we'll talk about him more later, but like he's in the last year of his contract. He's a little bit older. It's not a great offense. Like you start comparing players that are four or five years in to, I don't know what Sky Moore is. And that's kind of where I think people don't know where the line is. And I think our show has been very big on trade for veterans that are known commodities. Sure. I don't think we're saying Hollywood's going to be a wide receiver one. I think that ship has probably sailed. But I think he could be a valuable low-end wide receiver two for teams where Sky Moore is like, he could be, you know, Patrick Mahomes' number one target. He also could be the fifth target on the team. And that's what you have to weigh when you compare two players. Sure. So it's that. It's their contract. How many years are left in that? And just the time frame. Like, Betts, how many years are you thinking about with Skymore? If he's on your team, like, what, what's the time frame you're thinking about for his value? Oh, brother, he's on my teams. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm nervous. This, <laughs> this is not hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to trade him away like crazy this year. <laughs> My league mates are too sharp. But yeah, I mean, I already mentioned, like, if it doesn't happen for these guys that don't go in round one of the NFL draft in year one, you have to be concerned. And then this year, like, if he's out there in the same role as he was last year, you know, mixing in with Rasheed Rice and Kadarius Tony stays healthy and Travis Kelsey's still doing his thing, like, it, I mean, I don't want to say it's over, but. At that point, from a value perspective, based off how your league and how you will value him, it will be extremely low. So I'm I'm kind of looking at him right now as like this year is the make or break year. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. What's up, Foot Clan? I think you know it's dynasty season. The rookie drafts are happening, dynasty startups, and you want the best information to help you make the best decision because let's be honest, dynasty leagues, this is forever. You're, you're setting the foundation for your team. You don't want to mess up. That's why we pour all of our efforts into the Dynasty Pass part of the UDK Plus, an absolute rock-solid tool to help you get the best out of your Dynasty League each and every year. We have been updating this thing throughout the offseason. You're going to absolutely love it, and you can get a discount on it right now by going to ultimatedraftkit.com. So let's talk about some players when we look at dynasty rankings, which you can get in the ultimate draft kit in the ultimate draft kit app that are just hard to rank. Like there's so many factors like we just mentioned that you have to weigh. So Mike, I'll let you start us off. All right. You have one of my Falcons here. I do. I'm going to talk about Drake London because he has so much of what you want. Uh, elite, elite draft capital drafted number eight, Overall, and the hit rate on top ten wide receivers, aside from uh, the the Corey Davis year, <laughs> aside from that year, very good, very very strong. Uh, okay, that it plays out. We have you know eight hundred sixty six yards, four touchdowns, seventy two receptions. That's not bad. That that is definitely not a bad rookie year. You have a what a twenty nine percent target share. I mean, there are so many things that are in favor of Drake London, elite age. He's not even 22 years old, and he's already done this. 
And yet, what is the – and our uh, a good friend of the show, Matt Harmon, just put out his reception perception, uh, his, his look at how did Drake London perform on routes. It was very, very positive, very positive. And yet, what is the future of the Atlanta Falcons? Because they still have Kyle Pitts, who I, I still believe in Kyle Pitts. I, I think can, Kyle Pitts is a tremendous trade target right now. I can actually answer you. It's pain and misery <laughs> and suffering. <laughs> that's, that's the future for the Falcons. But, <laughs> Kyle says as he's wearing his Falcons hat. <laughs> but like I think Kyle Pitts is still yet to be unlocked. M- most of his lack of production last year was... That was a Marcus Mariota problem. That was not so much a Kyle Pitts problem. But there is a volume problem, for sure, for all of them. Of Arthur Smith is, loves 1983 football, highest of T, run, 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 run. And now they spent, a, what, what did Bijan go, number eight? Yeah, we like eighth, eighth overall oh picks my God. So, offensive players. So you drafted a top ten running back who's going to touch the ball 300 plus times or that will be the plan is for 300 plus touches for Bijan Robinson how much can actually be left for Drake London and for Kyle Pitts then we throw in that they've some just they're ludicrous and they're committing to Desmond Ritter for this year they are throwing a year away because Desmond Ritter he's not the guy he he, he won't end up being the guy you're gonna have to reset get another quarterback in here try and figure it out so it's how many years have to go by before you actually get like high level Drake London, not just a wide receiver three ish type of a player who can give you a spike week here or there? Can he really turn into an elite player? I think everything is there for the guy, but his situation is gloomy at best. And we always we say draft talent, don't draft situation because they could get halfway through this year start off 0-9 or whatever, and then all of a sudden Arthur Smith is on the hot seat and he's gone, and then you have a really, really quick reboot. But if Arthur Smith is mediocre and they get six, seven wins, what's their uh, what's their line right now, Kyle? We went up to eight. They're at eight. So if you get eight wins, if you get if you get six or more wins, Arthur Smith will not be fired. He'll be the coach again next year, but you'll be going, okay, we got these wins with Desmond Ritter. Is he the quarterback now? Right. Do we reboot? And so there's just there are so many things that have to fall into place for Drake London that he's impossible for me to rank for dynasty because I think he's that dude, but I don't know when he can be unlocked to truly be the dude. Yeah, we're stuck in that dynasty rebuild. Uh, just <laughs> the, <laughs> the Falcons. The Falcons. <laughs> they're just like, well, we're just good enough to not hate ourselves. But we're never going to be worse to like, you know, oh, I guess we use the fourth overall pick on Kyle Pitts. I'll say this about Drake London. You mentioned earlier, like the, on a per route basis, on a per target basis, it's impressive as a rookie. Like in our database, 29% target share is the highest among all rookies since 2014. That's a really big deal. But when you look at the passing pie, you have to ask right. yourself, like, what, what, what can he be? And what you really need is an outlier, you know, touchdown season. Like you need him to have, I'm, I know you're going to hate the name. But Kenny Galladay, really early on, where the volume wasn't crazy, but he gets 10 touchdowns, you know, like yep. the, with the big body. So that's that's what you need. Let me compare this for Let's you guys. Say, just, to, just to highlight the pie, right? Week 15 uh, against the New Orleans Saints, he had 11 targets. Drake London did. Went 7 for 70. That's a good game, right? And 11 targets is 
that that's pretty nice. That was forty two percent of the targets. Like <laughs> <laughs> what? We like boosting his numbers. He had a fifty percent target share in, in against Pittsburgh, and that was twelve. Fifty percent. Uh doesn't take a, a super mathematician to say they threw the ball twenty four times. That's not gonna get it done, man. And Kyle I think Kyle Pitts was gone by this time. So oh Drake London is so frustrating and I want his situation to improve because he could be great, and I don't know if he'll be great. Can I ask you just to poll you guys? Okay, would you rather have Drake London in Dynasty or JSN? Drake London. I think I lean Drake London. He's already done it, and the numbers are incredible. I, so, it, I, but the thing is, like, we keep talking about it, and we keep ending with this, like, eh, right? Because it's because the situation is so bad. But this, I think, is a great point for Dynasty managers. Is like, hey. The dude is not 22 years old yet, and he's already this good. Yeah. So I'm willing to, I think, eat a couple years of it's not going to be pretty. If if Ritter is the dude, if they win eight games, they're not high enough in the draft to pick you know, someone next year. He's just so good, and I think that's undeniable at this point. Let me just ask one more just so you guys can hate yourself. Uh, would you rather have Drake London <laughs> in Dynasty Perfect. or Cooper Cup? <laughs> there is, right now, oh. there is eight years <laughs> difference between these players. Uh, I I will be a coward and say if I'm a contender, it's Cooper Cup. <laughs> I was champ- champions. <laughs> Look, championships are forever, man. And I'll withhold because I'm the one, uh, you know, asking the questions. Sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Betts, why don't you hit us with another player you think that is pretty tough to rank? Yes, we talked about you know Zay Flowers a little bit and the Ravens. One guy that I find very difficult to value in dynasty or rank is his teammate Rashad Bateman. Right, 23 years old. He's still super young. He's got first-round draft capital in the NFL draft, and now he's got quarterback security. Lamar just signed that deal you know, for s- several years, tons of money. So he will be there for the next couple of years with Lamar. Coming out of school, super clean production profile from an analytics perspective. It looked great, but things have changed. So now you have, coming off the Liz Frank injury of last year, you kind of saw it. Like last year, the explosiveness, the down-the-field plays, granted it was completely unsustainable, it happened. So you were seeing some bit of a breakout, and you're like, okay, Rashad Bateman looks like he's the dude. He's producing next to Mark Andrews. This is great. And then, of course, we know the season took a turn for the worst. He got injured. And since then, he's publicly, you know, had words with uh, their GM and they kind of fought back with each other. Then two or three weeks later, they draft a first-round wide receiver. Mark Andrews, we think, is still the target leader in that offense. And so I find myself being stuck on a player that I think I think is good. But we just haven't seen enough of it to really know. And it seems like he's hitting that point where it's like, okay, this year he could prove himself, go out there and you know earn more targets than OBJ and Zay Flowers. And you're like, okay, yeah, Rashad Bateman, we saw it. This is the guy. Or it could be a situation where he's fourth in line for targets. Like That is a realistic out, uh, outcome. And if Lamar is going to keep running, taking off on scrambles and stuff like that, there's just not enough, I think, there to support all these guys. So Bateman's you know, range of outcomes this year just feels absolutely massive. He's just different in how he's built, like body types, you know, six one compared to Zay Flowers, five nine, OBJ. So I, I do like that his role in the offense can be different than what they're gonna use, but I just think there's there's so much to like. And there's so much to like with Todd Monken. I think yep. all of us are just over the top about what they could be and maybe our our we're just pie in the sky of like, oh man, if Lamar gets to throw 550, you know, 
575 times. Like this is this can support multiple weapons, not just Mark Andrews. So there is a chance, a percentage chance, that Rashad Bateman is the best wide receiver outside of Mark Andrews on this team. I think what we're saying is that it's a lower percentage chance than Zay Flowers. At this point, uh, at this point, I'd actually put them pretty neck and neck. Okay. Of of who will take off and be the true wide receiver one. I I have them both over Beckham. Like, I I know Beckham when he was great, he was great. But I mean, we're a long ways away from that. We are now multiple ACL injuries away from that. And Betts was at same knee, right? Yep. So I mean, <laughs> the, like, there there is a there's a decent probability that Beckham is just will be done. And they, the Baltimore Ravens just threw millions of dollars in the garbage. Well, I guess not in the garbage because I think it helped close the gap with Lamar and, and show we're, we're committed to you. We're going to get Beckham. We're going to sign a first-round wide receiver. So, you know, let's move forward. You'll be our quarterback. But, oh, those first three weeks for Bateman, 29.5 yards per catch, 27 yards per catch, 29.5 yards per catch. And then <laughs> that's what I meant. Unsustainable. Yeah, yeah, sure. Th that number's unsustainable. And then gets hurt uh, after that and kind of, you know, plays one more game, but he's still kind of hurt. But the fact that he did that three weeks in a row, I mean, he's he he has top level athleticism. So I'm not out on Rashad Bateman. Uh, full disclaimer: Rashad Bateman is on my dynasty team, so maybe I have a <laughs> a, a, a rosier look. Uh, but I, I, I think it's very close between Bateman and Flowers. I think either of them could become the number one. All right, I'll give you a couple of players just to compare, just because I want to give people, if you have Bateman on your team, I'm assuming he's just a hold for you, Mike. Like, you're just like, I got to just wait and see what it is with Lamar? Yes. Okay. Would you rather have Rashad Bateman or George Pickens? Bateman. Bets? That's really close. I still lean Bateman, though. Would you rather have Rashad Bateman or Christian Kirk? Oh man, I think it's easily Kirk for me. Oh man, my first before I, I was going to answer really quickly and say, "Oh, Christian Kirk," but then I remember Calvin Ridley is coming to town. Yes, <laughs> things could change a lot. This yeah, year. the production, like it was a great year, but it it was pretty top heavy at the beginning for Kirk. It fell apart, and Calvin Ridley, if he has anything left, which that's a big if too, uh, it could be really bad for Kirk. Uh yeah, I, uh, I I guess I'll probably take Kirk. I almost answered Calvin Ridley as one of the harder players to rank because... Because it's not hard. It's impossible. <laughs> a 28-year-old who just has two years basically sucked out of their production, and then you have to look back and go, okay, well, he was the wide receiver for the year before that. Like, it's impossible. As the two on his team. Right. It's impossible as a Falcon, of course, but it's impossible... <laughs> <laughs> to figure out what he is. And I think based on, you know, what I'm seeing from just sentiment is that people think he's going to go right back to being a top 15, top, you know, 20 wide receiver. And that's, I think that's a bit too bullish for me. So in that instance, like I'd rather just, I don't know what Bateman is. If you're a team that's, you know, rebuilding, like, yes, you want Bateman, but yeah, it's just hard for me to say Calvin Ridley's still going to be elite. Agreed. I'm going to give us a quick player that, I don't know what you do. If you're in a dynasty startup, I had this question the other day and I didn't know what to tell them. It was Joe Mixon at 26.8. There's so many questions related to legal stuff that I, we can't answer. That's not our job. That's not what we do best. But he has two years left under contract 
and they didn't really add a replacement. They added Chase Brown later on as a day three pick. But if you are a win-now team, okay, in Dynasty, Joe Mixon is one of those players that you can say, like, I could gamble and get two more years, one to two more years, and he could take my team over the top if you need another running back. But when I'm ranking him, it's it's really hard. There's a huge drop-off, and there's a cluster of running backs that used to be at the very top of Dynasty drafts that are kind of all together. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, and Mixon is the youngest of them. So are you taking those players in Dynasty startups over Mixon, knowing that Mixon is just a who knows? I... <laughs> Dude, Mixon is impossible. Uh, I do agree in the way that uh, uh, their coach was talking about Mixon. It sounds like they will be moving forward with him unless some legal developments happen that force their hand that he's not going to be their running back this year, which that could happen. What's so strange about Mixon is it was, overall, it was a good year, right? It, It wasn't spectacular. He was usually just okay-ish and then there was the one week of course the 153 and four touchdowns on the ground and then the also a receiving touchdown so five total touchdowns that'll uh that'll boost your end of season ranking but dude 3.9 yards per carry how in the world are you the running back for a team that that's a joe burrow led team that has t higgins and jamar chase and you're only getting 3.9 per carry like i I don't need you at five, but just just get over four. Like it's it's crazy how inefficient Joe Mixon actually was when you look at his raw statistics. But his situation is so incredible as of now for you know for the ultimate draft kit. I have him ranked like he's going to be the guy, and it will. I don't think it's going to be necessarily fun to watch, but he's going to score a bunch of points because he's the lead running back on a high powered offense. So, but dynasty wise. I would be, unless I'm going for a championship this year, I'm, I would be trying to get out. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm in a spot where I've thought about trading for him. The manager, we've gone back and forth, and he's like, I know what I could get for Joe Mixon if this legal st- stuff wasn't here. I know what I want to give up, and we're kind of caught in the middle. So he's a player that you can get a quick, you know, if he... Is if, this our Dino Junior League? No comment. Okay, uh, well, I was just I was going to tell you that you can... <laughs> You, I want to hear the conversation. Like, what, what were you offering, and what got turned down? Okay, so this person wanted a first round pick for okay. Joe Mixon. Okay, and I've been give, I've been churning out my first round picks for a while. I've had a first round pick. You know, I've just been trading him for veterans, and it's one of those things where I need a running back to get over the top. It's a gamble for somebody who's in a content, contending spot to trade away a first for a player who could not be on the team in September. Right. And am I willing to make that gamble? Are there other there's other one year quote rentals in Dynasty? DeAndre Swift. You could say I'm going to trade for at least one year, you might get some more if he signs with a new team in a good spot, but like those are the players you're trying to jump in for Dynasty, but you can't really project much further. So I I tried to give a a second and and a second and a player and that didn't fly. Gotcha. Bets any takes on Mixon? I, I mean, even if if you're not contending this year, you need to get out. Even if you're selling for, uh, you know, 50 cents on the dollar or something, that's my take on Joe Mixon because when you look at the landscape and what we know about running backs in Dynasty, 
they usually have two to three years of really good production and the great ones last for four, maybe five years. I mean, that is absolute best case scenario. Joe Mixon is going to be 27 years old, which for running back, it's starting to get there. And you have the contract concerns like they have to pay Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Like Joe Mixon is going to be the first guy that they say, okay, like we're out kind of thing. And the efficiency metrics, like Mike said, were just awful. A lot of his volume was just bolstered by targets. Joe Burrow was targeting the running back position, he and Samaj P. Ryan, a ton. So I feel like if, if the Bengals had the opportunity to kind of bolster their running back room in a different way in the draft or how it might have worked out, I think they would have done it. But the fact that it didn't happen, and now they're kind of like, Joe's our guy. Yeah. He's here. He's, he's the dude. Like It kind of feels like they almost like backed into that sort of thing. So the writing is on the wall that whether it's this year or next year, like I think the end from a fantasy and an elite production standpoint is coming for Joe Mixon. So what I just heard you say in, in a different way is that their RB1 is Travion Williams. I mean, hey, talk about nasty boys. I, I've i had Travion Williams in a couple spots. Oh, do you, do you have him in junior? Yeah, been waiting. Biding I have time. him in senior. I've just been waiting. <laughs> just please be something. The draft capital stinks, but please. But, bro, that production profile. And, and you know, Zach Taylor was talking him up. Like, that's all we need to hear. That's all I need to hear right now. Um, give me a player that you find yourself higher than the consensus in Dynasty when it comes to rankings, Mike. Okay, I'll jump in. It's Dallas Goddard of of Betsy's Philadelphia Eagles. Look, last year fourth in yards uh yards per route run, tied for first in yards after uh yards after catch per reception. Like he's just he is good. The third highest quarterback rating when targeted among all pass catchers. He is a very, very, very good player that got hurt. And he got hurt. And then Devontae Smith came in, had himself a fantastic second year. I'm not going to take away from him, but but Goddard wasn't there. Like you know, th- this this team, those numbers are going to look would look really different should it, had Dallas Goddard stayed healthy. And like T.J. Hawkinson is not not new hotness. It's just like a return. His hotness has returned. Where people were in a Hawkinson, then we were out. He gets traded. Is is solid for Minnesota. But the the truth about the Hawkinson numbers is they were not as good as you remember. I think it was more of a, a it was startling that he got traded and then was a a huge contributor. That team added Jordan Addison in the first round when they were they were not getting anything from Adam Thielen, and I don't know that the Minnesota offense will will be able to power up Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson. And of course, all the, the the dump offs to the running back position, but to me, Dallas Goddard is just like it's very easy. Of you have Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, they're still up at the top. Kelsey's tough because he's just he's so old. I believe in Kyle Pitts, and then after that, it's it's an easy Dallas Goddard for me. If you don't have one of those three guys, I'd be trying to go get Dallas Goddard. Yeah, and you can see with tight ends, twenty eight is not old in tight end. No, tight it's end not. Life. So consider Dallas Goddard over the next you know three four years, like. With Jalen Hurts in a great offense that you can, if you knew, hey, this is a top five tight end every single year. It may not hit the peaks of some of these other, but he can have an outlier touchdown season, right? Like, yes. Like, well, let's say Goddard gets nine to 10 touchdowns. He could finish as the tight end two on, on a year. So I, I like that one a lot. And I like just saying, I'm going to buy in this player, buying into a team that I know is smart. And he, on a per target basis, he's just been awesome over the last two, two years. Bets, who's, uh, who's your guy? Hit that drop. 
<laughs> it's been a rough couple of years for the oh. Hollywood Hollywood Brown truth. Last year was just from like a just from a here's what's happening, here's what it could be. I mean, first couple weeks of the season, first month and a half, absolutely on fire. Then the broken foot, DeAndre Hopkins comes back, right? And we just didn't see a full season of it. Also no but no Kyler dude, Murray. Yeah, we don't don't worry about that. <laughs> this guy is still just turning twenty six years old. He will in about a month. Uh, which is still the prime age for wide receivers. Like we still just haven't seen him hit that peak yet. Hundred plus targets in three straight years, and I feel like this is the situation that we need to keep reminding ourselves of. Okay, this is a talented player. They traded for him last year. He's getting ready for a big payday, and when that happens, usually dynasty managers will say, "Okay, that's a good thing for this player." So his value perceived in the market will go up. And I know that right now DeAndre Hopkins is still on the roster. I'm not convinced that stays that way heading into week one. I'm not convinced he stays on the roster through the season if a contender, you know, down the road, October, November, whatever the trade deadline is, loses someone and they say, hey, Cardinals, what do you got for us, DeAndre Hopkins, yes or no? If they're just in a full rebuild, which they are. They are. Um, DeAndre Hopkins will not be on the roster next year. And I think now is the time that you can really capitalize on the uncertainty of DeAndre Hopkins because this is Kyler's boy. I mean, you guys watched the Suns game the other night, right? They're sitting courtside together. I didn't see Downer Hopkins there. I saw Marquise ooh, Brown there with ooh, Kyler. Best friend narrative. So the best friend narrative. <laughs> Kyler coming back in year two next year, fully healthy. That is when I think Hollywood Brown is going to really take off. So I've traded for him a couple times, which is why I put him on the dock because what I was getting Hollywood for this offseason was crazy. Like in a super flex league, the 2.04, which are you kidding me? And then the 1.09, that is a gamble I'm willing to take. So it seems like the market is off Hollywood. I'm happy to buy back in. Yeah, it's 26-year-old player that's entered contract year. Is, it's a great spot for him to get a three-year deal and still be super relevant that you can get for late first, maybe a second round. Like, what'd you get, what'd you get him for? I said the 204 in a super flex league, and then it was the 1.08 or 1.09, I can't remember, in uh, 1QB. Yeah, you're, we talked this about... This year, that's fantastic. Yeah, because the drop-off after yeah. the you know 107 is pretty immense. So I like that one a lot. I'm going to give us one more player. Dodson. Dodson, we've got Dodson here. I don't know how. I hate you so much, Kyle. But Jahan Dodson <laughs> is is I bets has always been in. He's a Penn State truther. He's gonna always talk about Penn State players that way. But Jahan Dotson in Dynasty feels like an underappreciate or just unappreciated. He's twenty three years old and he came out hot. If you remember, two touchdowns it was the first week, four touchdowns the first four weeks, then he got injured and didn't see full snaps again until week 13. Let me give you that little pace. From week 13 on, he was targeted on 20% of his routes and a 2.2 yards per route run number. Those are awesome. So when you look at his season-long numbers, it's not as great, but he played you know, a couple games, just limited snaps, and I think he's undervalued right now. I have him in Dino Jr., and I feel super happy as him. As he's my flex right now. That's why I hate you. I, I just, I'm so happy with him because I got him in the second round. I love Dotson. Dotson is is a player in redraft this year that I think we're pretty high on. He's going to show up pretty high in our rankings. In Dynasty, I found people still hoping for Jamison Williams to be the dude. Be he could be, but you're still guessing. I've seen Jahan Dotson on a you know per target basis be great. I would rather have Jahan Dotson than Jamison Williams in Dynasty. I personally would rather have Jahan Dotson than Quentin Johnston right now. And I know that might be a hot take based on what we just saw. The question I have is, where do you compare Jahan Dotson with older, established players? 
So I'll ask you guys this question. Would you rather have Jahan Dotson in Dynasty or Chris Godwin? Oh. Godwin's four years Speaking older. Speaking of hard guys to rank, it's going to be... I mean, two Penn State greats right there. Am I right? <laughs> it's, it, it's probably going to be a rough year for Chris Godwin. Or rougher than what you're used to seeing. But he's he's still good, I think, right? I, he's no, still I, a good player, right? I guys? think he's still good. We were... We were not very kind. I will just say I personally was not very kind to Baker Mayfield in our uh, UDK blurbs. I just. That's a fair oh, thing those to be, do. Those things are gold, people. You oh, got to get in there and check this out when I, they come out I on June 1st. It, it's so good. And then it ended with just me just burying him about five times. But it's Baker, so whatever. Uh, Betts, would you rather have Jahan Dotson or Debo Samuel in Dynasty? For, Debo's four years older. I've truthfully never been a big Debo guy just with the efficiency being outrageous and maybe he's just that good and I I can't come around to it but you know Kittle's there and you know uh Ayuk is there and some guy named Christian McCaffrey is there uh so I've never really been high on Debo and and we were talking pre-show like we're still not even convinced Brock Purdy is the long-term answer right so there's question marks there as well um maybe one more time we can sneak in a little Trey Lance <laughs> propaganda here but <laughs> but I think in that situation I go John Dotson yeah, it, it's tough. And, and the goal of this exercise was to show people that with any player, there's a range of outcomes. There's other players to compare. I want to give us some quick hitters. You guys, I'm going to give you a category. And in five seconds, just to help Dynasty managers out, give me a cheap running back that you could either add to your Dynasty bench or might be sitting on waiver, Mike. So I, it's mine's a trifecta. And ladies and gentlemen, it's not good. <laughs> I mean, it's great. <laughs> it's great for Dynasty. Uh, but the Patriots shockingly did not take a running back. That's fantastic news for Ramondre Stevenson. But they took a couple guys the year before. They took Kevin Harrison. They took Pierre Strong uh, as potential backups for the team. Now they're they're two pretty different skill sets. You know, Harris profiles more as like he could replace Ramondre Stevenson. He's that type of guy. Where Pierre Strong's a pass catcher. And then I was shocked to find. Ty Montgomery is still on this roster, guys. <laughs> Ty Montgomery, who signed a two-year deal, got hurt in week one and was out. Like he, he was gone for the rest of the year. But I haven't heard anything yet out of New England that they're going to try and move on from Ty Montgomery or not. But one of these three guys, I know that's a, that's a hard to, to deal with. You have three options. But one of these three guys is probably going to have a, a decent role for the New England Patriots. And there is a there is a chance that all three of them are, are on your waiver wire right now. Right. All three could be on your wire. So just if you're in a deeper, deeper league and you want to get nasty, look for one of those three. I'll throw out a nasty boy. It's Jerome Ford, who somehow survived the draft. Yeah, he's not on wires, though. He was before. Yeah. Uh, Jerome Ford, running back for the Cleveland Browns. And these are players that you could say you can take a gamble um, and say that there could be more of an opportunity there. They took him uh, out of University of Cincinnati last year, but right now I think he's the backup for the Browns. They don't even know. They could add a veteran. Who knows? The, the, uh, it seems like Kareem Hunt will be back. Like I think that's a strong probability. And I'm I'm with you. Like I I love finding these running backs who go from nothing to some value. Where Jerome Ford is not turning into a superstar. Right, right. That is not happening. But a usable player who can fill in for a bye week or two. Uh, he's he's interesting, but not interesting is his uh, 
numbers from last year. Are you aware? <laughs> they were poo-poo. <laughs> the, no, Did Kyle. he even go on the field? Kyle, you, you calling the poo-poo is a nice thing to say because he had eight attempts for 12 yards. He was involved in, on, <laughs> on eight plays. He had eight carries and he got 12 yards. That is so bad. Did you see Deshaun Watson play football? That team couldn't yes, move the ball. No, I understand. But All right, Beds, give us a running back. He had five carries in one game and got nine yards. That means that the other one, he got three carries for one. Or or three for three, I'm sorry. Beds. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to you, Jerome. Uh, <laughs> this player is not as nasty as these boys have no, on the table today. This is my dude. Uh, I think a good trade target for any contender is Samaj P. Ryan. Get him on as like your RB3, RB4, awesome depth piece that he could turn into an every week play for your dynasty team this year. He'll be 28 years old coming up in this season, so I think if there's a, a, a non-contender in your league, they're very willing to get out. This comes back to the Javante Williams injury that we talked about. We know Sean Payton historically has produced a ton of fantasy points with his running backs You've got the narrative that he had to get him in free agency. But this, like I said, all comes back to the Javante Williams injury. I think as the summer progresses, we're going to see more reports of we're not sure Javante Williams is going to be ready for week one. We're not sure if he'll be on pup or not. We're not sure, you know. And then all of a sudden, everyone in your league is going to know Samaj Piran is the guy you got to get. So I'm saying go out there, get him now before those reports come out. All right, another quick hitter here. Give me a cheap, ideal player in super flex leagues that you could go after as like your QB two, like you're saying, Hey, I think that I could trade for them right now. I think I can get them. And I'm just going to give you mine. Unlimited. What are you doing? I believe that Kyle, Russell, people listen to this show and they, they respect our opinions. I know, but I actually think that you can acquire Russell Wilson. Oh, of course you can <laughs> for a way. I know for way Gladly. cheaper than what Take him off my hands. <laughs> could Russell Wilson be a top 15 quarterback this year? Yes. Do people, he can, I don't think people are valuing him that way and his contract of what it can be and Sean Payton. So I think there's a discrepancy. He's only 34 years old. I don't know where he's at in his head. Like he could be 58. Like, I don't know. This dude's all over the map right now, but I think you could trade for him right now. And I think he's an ideal QB two with upside. So I traded for Russell Wilson in a super flex league and I'm very happy of him just sitting there and I got him for a way cheaper price. So nice. I'll jump in. And just, uh, the guy that replaced Russell Wilson is Geno Smith. Up in Seattle, turning 33. Tons and tons of rumors and whispers that they were going to replace him in the draft despite giving him the the contract extension, which it's a team-friendly contract extension. That is for sure. But Geno Smith balled out last year, man. He was like the – I can't remember it off the top of my head, but quarterback 5-6 right around there. You know, uh, he led the quarterbacks in completion rate last year, nearly 70% of his passes, 14 touchdowns of 20-plus yards downfield. And now they added Jackson Smith and Jigba and a pass-catching running back in the draft. Geno Smith is in such a fantastic spot, and he's we all but we all know he's not the long, long term. Uh, well, not we don't know that. We, we're guessing he's not the long term solution for the Seahawks, but he is right now, and he probably is next year. And they are loaded up with offensive weapons, and would love to get Geno Smith as as a. Uh, a bench quarterback. Yeah, I, I think they want him to be the dude. Like they're clearly telling they us, could, yeah. we're going to give Gino a chance to be to be the dude. So I think he's a rock solid QB two. I went a little different route. Like you guys threw out some veterans, which I think makes a ton of sense. But I feel like people are just so like, meh. I don't know about Kenny Pickett. I don't know what to think. But he's a bonus. I know what right? to think. You get a young. <laughs> oh, you get a young player uh -huh. who is also going late 
in startup drafts. So on Sleeper, he's going off the board as the quarterback 20 right now. That feels wrong, even if he's not that good. like It just feels wrong, right, for a second-year player. Last year, that 1.8 touchdown rate, 1.8% touchdown rate, that is not going to happen again this year in year two. He will throw more touchdowns, and he's got the weapons, right? You've got Deontay Johnson, Pickens, the Muth, Najee Harris. That is an awesome set of weapons. Sounds like the guys that he had last year, right? (laughs) Yeah, but he was a rookie, and we know rookie quarterbacks don't always do it. Just saying, nothing has really changed for him except his age. Well, the well, too, but yeah, now you get year two in the system and you know all that. So I just think he's a, a good player that – I don't think he's good. I don't know if he's good. I'm just saying good player to go target in Dynasty I, I, based off the age and where he's valued. I like – so I have him in Dino Jr., Mike, as my quarterback too, I mean, which means it's a one-quarterback league. I don't have to expect much from him. I'm hoping it's a lot better than 1.8%. Like looking that up, it's one of it's the – It's got to be. That's basically the worst for a rookie quarterback who started 10 games. Like it's bad. It's really bad. But – the weapons are there. Draft capital's there. Skinny Pickett, come on, man. Yeah, he could, yeah. I, 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 don't, I think you could do worse. I will happily trade him to Matthew Betts if he were on my team. Okay, All let's right. do this. Last quick one. This might be our favorite section because these are tight ends that you can cheaply trade for or at least are undervalued in Dynasty. I'm going to quickly say Kate Otten yes. is only 24 years old. He plays for the Buccaneers in case you don't know. They took him at the top of the fourth round. He was the first pick on day three. They could have picked anyone. They picked Kate Otten, and, <laughs> and, which, which is just great narrative street right there. But he ran the sixth most routes among all tight ends and the second most routes run among for a rookie tight end since 2013. So the dude was on the field, and they didn't add anyone. Their depth chart is just garbage at the tight end position. And they finally released Cameron Yes, Bright. they finally did. That dude, look up his contract. He made so much money in the NFL just staying on, staying on, and had like one touchdown year. But Caden uh, also had the fifth most red zone, red zone targets among all tight ends. Like He's interesting in Dynasty as a tight end, too, that you can you know kind of cobble together a couple of weeks if you need. So I think he's super cheap and nobody's talking about him in best ball right now. He's going in like the very last round. Nobody's taking him this year, but he's a starting tight end in the NFL. I get ridiculed when I bring him up on the main footballer show. Those guys are dumb though. Yeah, they are. I'm I'm for it, man. He's he's very young and he's already produced. Right. I know he doesn't have Brady anymore, but I think that he's shown that he's a capable player. And your pick that used to be berated for this guy too. <laughs> Here we go. It's Juwan Johnson, baby. <laughs> Look, the process was correct yet again. It was just it sat on the wrong player for a little bit. It sat on Adam Troutman for a while, and I was I got it wrong. It was, but the process was New Orleans tight end. Let's get in on this. Juwan Johnson, he's twenty six and a half years old, seven touchdowns last year. He he's probably off of the waiver wire by now, but he's he got a he got himself a little mini extension. They have not replaced him as a pass catcher. Uh, he will still be that guy, that tight end on the field for them. Seven touchdowns again, proven that he can be a touchdown machine. He's going to be super cheap, and in the world of just barf tight ends, why not get a guy who's proven that he can score? Yeah, and he's going to be involved more and more, hopefully a better offense. But Betts has easily, by far, maybe the best pick of all time. The best pick of all time I, I, I is, I stand wow. by <laughs> I mean, come on, Chigakonkwo. Now, this is going to be dependent on your league. If you're in a sharp league, people are on this. People know this. 
But I had someone, I was putting out some stats on Twitter the other day. I had someone comment, I just traded the 2.08 and the 3.02 in a rookie draft to go get Chigakonkwo. If you can do that, go do it. Chigakonkwo is 23.7 years old. He is for the Tennessee Titans. And as of this recording, I bet there's 50 plus percent of our audience who can't say who the wide receiver two is behind Traylon Burks on the Titans. There's tons of opportunity right now for Chig entering year two. Last season, when you look at his efficiency metrics, absolutely off the charts. First in yards per route run, first in yards per catch, and tie with Dallas Goddard for first in yards after the catch per reception. And earlier this year, you guys did a you know an episode of the, the main show. Kyle brought up, what do we look for in breakout tight ends? It's these yak guys, and it's the guys that can have high efficiency metrics. He screams breakout candidate in year two. I don't know if it's going to work out, but all the all the signs are there that this is the dude that you want to trade for. Um, super young, lots of opportunity. And when you watch him play, like he does not look like a tight end. He can move with the ball in his hand. So I am very excited about Chig here in year two. Copy and paste everything you said. Go on our website and just see that I wrote a lot of propaganda about Chig Conquo this year. <laughs> and it could be right. It could. It really could. Uh, yeah, he's just athletic talent. That's who you're going to bet on. So let's get a couple mailbag questions in. Mailbag. It's the Dynasty Show, so we go a little bit longer here. And the people, they just they want to know. So this one comes from Mr. Cho 86 on Twitter. What are good ways of bringing more life into a Dynasty League that is stagnant? I'm in a league where I'm the only one sending out offers oh, and making man. any trades. I mean, this is a this isn't a dynasty specific question. This is you could put this redraft or keeper league, and it can be very difficult because some look some people are just they're just a stick in the mud, man, and they're they're lame, and that happens. So, unfortunately, I will tell you sometimes you got to find yourself a different league, uh, different league. We do offer FootClanLeagues.com for supporters of this show that can find people who are active and want to have a good time. But to to try and help your league, we have found the number one thing is, like in life, it is communication. And you need to have a place where everyone can be and everyone can talk. Everyone can talk garbage. Everyone can share gifts. You can make fun of people. And that's that's how it is. And But even if you create that, that doesn't guarantee that everyone's going to want to be involved in it that's why i was saying maybe it's a, a different league but that's the that's the first and easiest step is you do a get like uh we use slack i think you can use like microsoft teams and there's there's other ways of just having a giant organized chat room for your league but that's the best way to do it yeah i would say that i had a league that was just you know it was friends college friends and then the easiest way for me is i started a league newsletter started a league podcast that people just wanted to be go. a part of you just want to make it more fun. The thing is, if you give incentives for people to make trades, it's still going to be the same exact people who did it before. You just need to have a league and create kind of a fun atmosphere for it. But uh, yeah, man, there's so many leagues going on every day. They're starting at footclanleagues.com. This next one from at everystu94. How many players from the same team is too many on a dynasty roster or does that not matter? Do you guys have any teams where you're just like, oh, I'm a little heavy on this squad bets. Yeah, I think it does matter a little bit, especially if you are trying to put out your best lineup and, and win, right? Because we talk about it in redraft leagues. Like, yeah, it's great to have a couple of Eagles or, or you know, uh, Chiefs guys or whatever, whoever the best offense is going to be. But 
it is going to cannibalize your upside weekly. That said, we are playing the long game here. So if you are more of a, uh, a rebuilding team, I'd be fine having, you know, right now, both AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, for example, on my team. But I will say, if you are going to be getting ready to hit that submit button on your starting lineup, that doesn't feel great. And so I think if you are really, truly contending and trying to hit, you know, that ceiling, it may make sense to kind of look for the same value of dynasty player relative to who you have and try to get off that guy if you have too many on the same team. Yeah, and Dino Jr., I have the Bill stack, Allen and Diggs, but then I'm also leaning on the Cardinals. I have James Conner and Hollywood Brown, which makes me terrified to uh, to lean on the Cardinals that much, but got to do what you got to do. Next one from Discord, Jesus Maton asks, should I trade away the 102, and they said they would take Jameer Gibbs, and a future first for Jamar Chase? So, yes. Jameer Gibbs and a future first Yes, for Jamar Chase. You'd rather have Jamar Chase? By a wide margin. Okay, I think so too. Big I, time. I think it's hard with Gibbs. If you're a running back needy team, you're just like, I need to plug the spot. But that future first still is a, is a big question mark. Now, what if you knew that future first was it going to be a top three pick as well? I would still do it. Because like, it, same. Jameer Gibbs, the Lions think he's going to be great. We think he's going to be great because the everything's there for him, right? The well, not a crazy production profile because he's from Alabama, but Alabama is running back university. That's they just turn out hit after hit after hit at the position. But you don't know. You don't know for sure. I know for sure that that Jamar Chase is the number one or number two pick in on just startup. Uh, so if you those players are usually literally impossible to get. Like try. Trying to get Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase right now. I have, I have Jamar Chase in our in the main dynasty league. I don't I I don't even know what you could offer me where I would even say yes. And it could be an offer where it's like it's so overwhelming and I look stupid for saying no, but it's still no. I have I have a young proven superstar that's going to be dominating for six plus years. Like no, you're not taking that away from me. Yeah, and I think he's going to hold value. If you want to trade Jamar Chase in two to three years. Yeah, I'll still get whatever I want. Yes, that's that's exactly it. Uh, next one from Bing6205. I have Hurts and Burrow in a one-quarterback dynasty league, and I'm contending. Should I trade one of them away? I would say don't be in a hurry. Uh, the hardest part of one-quarterback leagues is getting proper trade value for your backup quarterback. I mean, you have two of the top four guys. But will people be willing to trade the the appropriate price to acquire a like? If you trade someone, Jalen Hurts, that team is now starting Jalen Hurts. Like you have to remember right. that that is happening, and so you just you need to make sure you are getting back exactly what you really need in a fair fair way to to give up that level of a quarterback. Yeah, it's it's tough to be able to get. It. I traded away Hurts because I had Josh Allen, and I thought, oh, I have. Two great options. I'm only going to want one of them. And I traded Hertz two years ago. It turned into Jahan Dotson and Brandon Ayuk. Which is, that's not terrible. It's not. It still feels like now I'm like, I wish I still had Jalen Hurts. <laughs> right. Um, with both of those options. Um, but you also stole Jahan Dotson in the draft. And I stole Jalen Hurts in the draft, too. Yeah. Stop stealing. I, mm -hmm. I that's, that's the only thing keeping my trash roster. Bets laughed at my roster again the other day. <laughs> this, is, this is true. <laughs> He's, uh, he was like, that team's not contending. That team is so bad. 
Oh, man. All right, let's finish off with this question. I think it's a good philosophical one. It's from Mike, one of the Mikes, one of the million Mikes in the world. How dare you? Will there ever be a baller's trade calculator? And I want to say this. Trade calculators can help if you use them for Dynasty. They're another piece of the puzzle. But I think when people treat them like they are exact science, they're really missing out because it, there's just no way. We went through at the beginning of this episode and talked about Michael Thomas is the 101. He is the wide receiver, and that's what you would have gotten in a trade calculator. And looking back, we have the hindsight to be able to say, no, he wasn't. But that's what you're going to get. And so if people treat it that way, and that's what they usually do, they say, oh, well, here's the value on this side, then I, I would just say it's not as helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, it can be a starting point, but it also can be it can be detrimental. of Because once you see, if you plug everything in, to a trade that you maybe you liked it. Like, oh, I just need I need some external confirmation letting me know that this is a good trade. You can go in there and the trade calculator be like, no, this is not even close. And now you are infected. Yes. You like you will not be able to shake the fact that that external source told you that this is a bad trade, even though you you liked it before. But it's done. Like that trade is now toast. So uh I would say Never say never, you know, because we like to have we like to give tools that that help people along the way, but there is currently no plans for it as of right now. Also, too, along the same lines with trade calculators, they are like you said helpful in some ways, but they also can prevent trades in your league. If like someone was like, "I'm not doing this trade unless I'm definitely getting the better side of it," well, the better side will might look silly in a year or two, right? So we right. don't really know. And the best part of Dynasty is trading. So if it prevents some trades in your league, I'm kind of against like having them as you know the end-all be-all. Um, but that said, I, I definitely see the value in them, and I think some people like them a lot. So yeah, we'll see. All right, let's give our parting shots here. Take it or leave it. If you have a candle nearby or a lighter, <laughs> now is the time just to set these players out to see I just wanted to give a player that you had to cut at the end of your bench. Every dynasty league is different. So, you know, based on your roster construction, um, I just want to pour one out for my boy, Terrace Marshall jr. Because in a league, you have hijacked a segment just, on our show just to talk about <laughs> Terrace Marshall more. I think this might be the end. Um, yeah, the, the rookie year numbers were bad. Bringing in Jonathan Mingo's bad. DJ Chark, bad. Adam Thielen, bad rookie quarterback, bad. <laughs> New regime. I mean, it's just, there's so many things. And so. I feel your pain, man. I get it. Now, the only thing I won't be telling you is that I still have him on three other dynasty rosters, but I had to drop <laughs> him in one of my leagues. Kyle, you are a sick individual. Let me just, let me just say. Yours really is the saddest though, Bets. Oh, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. And my, my, my finger hovered over the drop button for a solid like four seconds. Like, should I actually do this? But then you think about it. Julio Jones. Yeah. Julio is Julio is forever, but also he is not. Just remember the good uh, times you 30, had. 34 years old, he's done. I mean, <laughs> I put I put this in the doc just so we could look at it. Like the yards per out run, it is a literal straight line down. 3.23, 3.04, 2.93, 2.44, Okay. 1.84, and then Cliff, 1.33 this last year. Yeah. It's over, man. But, man, he was just dominant. Yeah. Just, just my favorite NFL player of all time. No big deal. And uh, I wanted to bring a list because I haven't made my cutdowns yet, except for, uh, uh, let's see. Destiny. 
Uh, Peyton Hendershot has returned. No. He's returned back to the waiver wire. Uh, I have to drop two guys soon. Ish. I mean, you know, eventually. And here's the four players that I am looking at dropping. And you can see why it's difficult to drop any of them right now. Because they're awesome. No. No. It is not because they're awesome. I mean, these are droppable players. It's because I still don't know. I don't have all the information. I need I need it to be June, but it's, of course, the beginning of May. So Ty Chandler, currently RB3 for the Minnesota Vikings. Or will he be the RB2 in a month? I don't know. Travion Williams, the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengal. Is he the running back too? I don't know, but he could be. Like If he's the <laughs> Samaj P. Ryan role, that's a super valuable player to have in a dice league. Sterling Shepard, I am infinite. I, I play really well for a couple games, then I get hurt. And then Greg Dortch, because I was told by Arizona that DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to get traded, and then he's not going to get traded now. I'm like, well, is he going to get traded in a month? I don't know. So I have all, it, I'm in a tough position. So if you had to drop two of these guys right now, boys, who would you drop? Bets, I'll let you. Is Sterling Shepard like physically like? Is he able to walk on the field? <laughs> so mean. Yes, he will walk on the field, Kyle. Okay. Will he be a difference maker for anyone's dynasty team? No, right. So like, I'm okay dropping him. Um, I think you have to hold Travion just based off this yes. little puff piece from the coach. Like he, you have to keep him just in case. I think I'd, I think I'd cut Ty Chandler, personally. I, but I, I mean, I could be wrong. I would cut the Dorch just because I don't think he's good. I think <laughs> I, I think that he had to fill in, and they had to give really cheap Rondale Moore type targets. And I think that he's going to end up being the you know fourth or fifth wide receiver on the team. Might not even make the team if I'm honest. Kyle, nine for one hundred three, ten for ninety eight. No, no, I, I would the Dorch. It, it would be Shepard and Dorch for me if I had to. Yeah, I just would rather hold the running backs. That's where I lean as well. Uh, it's it's painful. Hopefully, you didn't have as many painful drops as us, but that's going to end our show. Next week, we'll be talking more Dynasty rankings here on the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. Check out the Ultimate Draft Kit at ultimatedraftkit.com. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. If you want to take your dynasty skills to the next level, check out the fantasyfootballers.com.